period in history that involves monumental change has always begun with one person taking a stand. When government is tyrannical, the people of God have a duty to not follow and not comply. And I just need to know who is willing to stand. can't be what you do. It has to be who you are. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. So happy to have you with us here today. JC is in his conference this week, so he's not going to be joining us. I hope that doesn't mean you're going to wait until he comes back on Monday, because I would miss you. So thank you for being here today. Please like and share this video before you forget and the earlier you like, the earlier you share, the sooner people can get on and get this really, really important information. It's going to be a blockbuster show today. Going to be dealing with lots and lots of constitutional issues, liberty issues, uh, principle issues, truth issues, just for you today. Things that you're not, well, things you're actually seeing in the news but not being told the truth in the news. So when you like and you share, you help us spread truth. Remember, you can also follow me on Instagram. Uh, that's chrisann.hall, chrisann.hall, Instagram. We always, we almost always have our Instagram moments uh, during the shows just so you can see uh, what we're doing every day in social media that maybe doesn't make it to the show. The social media is really an extension of who we are, and it allows us to post instantaneously and contemporaneously with the things that are happening. And so just happy to have you. And that's our way to shout out to Sunny, too, because she makes uh, our posts. And we now have uh, Lexi, who makes some of our posts, too. So we got to give her some cred there as well. But thank you guys for joining us now. Um, this in full disclosure, because I like to be totally in upfront and honest with you. You are watching a pre-recorded show. And that's because right now I am teaching a high school group in in Tampa, Florida. So you guys know part of what I do, not just, we don't just do a podcast here. I'm also a professor at the River University School of Government. I am also lead counsel for Liberty First Legal. And I also travel around the country, this time just Tampa, Florida, teaching the Constitution and the uh, principles that build, that have created America to be the great place that it is. And so I just wanted to mention to you that this is not live, 
and I will be teaching in Tampa, Florida to the high school students. I also wanted to let you know, uh, coming up very, very, very quickly, we will be in Salem, Oregon next week. And that's going to be Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, let me put that up there just so you guys can see the address and everything. So that's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, let's see. Take that down so you can write that. Thursday, Friday, Saturday at the River Church, 2945 Portland Road, Northeast, Suite 190, Salem, Oregon. Salem, Oregon. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Hope that you can join us. Going to be some great, great things happening. No, I'm not going to tell you what we're teaching. I'm not. Sorry. Not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you because um, we are going to be handing out such important information that we don't want people there who don't who who are going to disrupt what we're doing. So if that's not clue enough to tell you what we're going to be teaching Thursday, Friday and Saturday, I don't know what is. But make sure that if you are anywhere within driving or flying distance of Salem, Oregon, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday next week, that you are there. Seriously, I'm dead serious. I'm not telling you what we're teaching because what we're teaching, if I publicized, we would get a bunch of trolls and a bunch of people trying to shut us down. And I'm not doing that. I'm just not doing that. So uh, you're just going to have to take by faith, knowing me and knowing JC and knowing who we are, that what we teach is important, that what we teach is factual and that you want to be there. And that's the best I can give you today. Oh, look at that. Look what I popped up there for you. This is my Instagram page. Totally didn't mean to do that, but this I wanted to show you. This is actually a restaurant here in Florida posted this on their sign. This is the DeBerry Diner in DeBerry, Florida. Sunny's sitting over here. Maybe she can tell me where DeBerry, Florida is. I'll give her a second to look it up. But anyway, a D-E, capital D-E, capital B-A-R-Y, DeBerry, Florida. They hung this sign on their door or on their window. If you voted for and continue to support and stand behind the worthless, inept, and corrupt administration currently inhabiting the White House that is complicit in the death of our servicemen and women in Afghanistan, please take your business elsewhere. God bless America and God bless our soldiers. What did you say, Sonny? North of Orlando. Well, we should have figured it was north of the I-4 corridor. <laughs> Those of you who are here in Florida understand that there is a distinct political demarcation on the I-4 corridor that runs east-west, cutting uh, the north-south of Florida in half. And uh, although, you know, what's really amazing is that we have had people uh, in Miami, liberty-loving people in Miami that have actually flipped Miami. So uh, that in and of itself is an amazing testimony to the people there in Miami that love liberty, that are working hard, and also a testimonial to the possibilities that are available to us if we put liberty first and get working. So that's one of our Instagram moments today. I was on Victory News today. If you didn't get a chance to see that, then you can go watch it on YouTube, The Victory Channel, which is a YouTube channel, The Victory Channel. 
and you can see what we did. Man, our show was on fire today, people. On fire. I'm going to tell you, we. I love doing Victory News uh, as a contributor for them. Uh, we always have great shows, but today's show on Victory was over the top. I'm probably going to go back and watch it. It was so, I, I was so impressed by it. I mean, there was just this, this flow with the people and a flow with the, you know, with the, the newscast. And it was just amazing. It was a really, really, if you're in it, you can feel it, right? It's just really, really great. So the Victory channel on YouTube is where you can watch that replay from the Victory News this morning which was 11 a.m. Central, 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Here's another. Uh, this is our hat tip to Sunny. Sunny made this Instagram post today. This is a testimonial from the um, uh, LibertyFirstSociety.com. Liberty First Society is our online training program. It is uh, where we teach you American history, the Constitution, the proper role of government, and the solutions to securing liberty for our future and fixing the wrongs in government today. There's a lot of people doing a lot of things that look like they're busy, look like they're doing but that's actually not going to head us in the right direction. So that's why education is important. Remember, Samuel Adams said, no people will tamely surrender their liberties nor be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. He said, on the contrary, when the people become universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink underneath their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. Randy Ziegler, a photographer, said that LibertyFirstSociety.com, the best decision I made was signing up at Liberty First Society. I can say with complete confidence that you will be enlightened beyond your expectations. This is the real deal and the place to learn about our Constitution, liberty, and America's founding fathers, state sovereignty, and so much more. Have you signed up at libertyfirstsociety.com? Why not? If your sixth grader can do it, you can do it too. Now, we actually have camp, uh, groups on law school campuses because they realize they're not learning what they need to learn in law school about the Constitution and how it's supposed to work and the proper role of government. And we actually have now in law school putting out generations of lawyers to come who want to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. They don't want the status quo in society. So you support them when you support us. You see, lawyers can do a lot of things, but until the body of the people ask for those things, um, it's going to be a little bit difficult for the lawyers themselves to do it. I wanted to share this with you because, again, this gives us a little bit of a teaching moment. And uh, this is something that came out on Fox News very recently. This not Fox News article, White House official appalled and literally horrified that Biden stranded Americans in Afghanistan. 
And so a White House official, of course, uh, anonymously, I almost said unanimously, (laughs) anonymously said they were appalled and literally horrified that President Biden left Americans stranded in Afghanistan. Now, here's my teaching moment. Because I'm going to tell you, it didn't have to go down this way. It didn't have to go down this way. It should not have gone down this way, and it didn't have to go down this way, and this is why. Article 1, Section 11 of the Constitution delegates to the House and the Senate the authority to declare war. The President of the United States is not authorized the authority to declare war. The president of the United States is not authorized to do anything in military aspect, according to Article 2, without Congress first declaring war. Our founders never authorized through the signing and the ratifying of the Constitution of the the executive branch to be running around engaging in police actions and sending our sons and daughters through military troops all over the world. That is not an executive authority. There is, constitutionally speaking, no war power that is delegated to the president of the United States. It's all in the House and the Senate. Why? Because our founders said over and over and over again that war is a really big deal. It is huge. It is one of the biggest things that any country, any nation, any union of states can engage in. And not only that, James Madison said, all of history proves that when you put war, that major, major thing in the hands of an executive, you will be in perpetual war. And that executive will be able to abuse the power of war for his own gain, for his own personal reasons. And the people will have no check and balance. Our founders specifically put the power of war in the hands of Congress so that war and any activity or similitude of that nature would be resting in the hands of the people and the states through the House and the Senate. And now because Congress has violated the Constitution by inventing power for the executive branch through an unconstitutional legislation called the War Powers Act, unconstitutionally delegating, unconstitutionally transferring congressional authority to the executive branch, not only contrary to the Constitution itself, but contrary to the very reason the President of the United States was denied that power from day one. We have the most horrid atrocities happening, and by the way, have happened. This is not the first time we've had people left behind in a hostile situation. Let's just be very clear about that. Not the first time. And if we had Congress operating constitutionally 
with the sole authority to do this, um, it wouldn't be happening like this because they would be held accountable to the people and to their states. Yes, it would move slower. But these kind of activities ought to move slower. You, you see, the whole reason all of this happened, whoosh, like this, was because it was not happening constitutionally. And by the way, just in case we've got some of those people in the chat room, that goes to Donald Trump too. Donald Trump did not have the authority to make promises to a foreign government. The only authority a president of the United States has to make negotiations with a foreign government is through the treaty process. But those negotiations do not become legally binding until they are ratified by the Senate through the treaty process. Our presidents, did you catch that little pluralization there? Our presidents do not have constitutional authority to make unilateral deals with foreign governments, and that is a constitutional fact. If that sounds disagreeable to you, if you have an argument in your mind right now against that, it's because you have not been told the truth about the Constitution. It's why we have Liberty First Society. If you have an argument right now in your mind about why a president is able to move troops around the country or, or around the world or why the president is able to make deals with foreign countries without Senate approval, it's because you've been learning from the wrong sources. Yeah, I am talking about your law professors. I'm talking about your professors at the universities. I'm talking about the pundits, the politicians. Those are not the proper sources for your constitutional education because they didn't get this information from the right sources either. If they have fed into your brain a question about presidential power moving troops across the globe and presidential power to make deals without the Senate, then they have not been operating under the proper source. They have not been feeding you the proper source, which means guess what? You are operating on errant information. So that's story number one for today. Story number two for today is just mind freaking boggling. I, I just, I, I, I don't even know how to wrap my brain around this one, but San Francisco, let me get this set up for you properly. San Francisco is going to start a program where they will be paying people to not shoot people. Yeah, you heard that. Paying people to not shoot people. Listen to this. A pilot program in San Francisco will incentivize people not to commit crimes by paying them a stipend. As ABC7 News reporter Melanie Woodrow explains, the program is not without controversy. 
The San Francisco Dreamkeeper Fellowship is expected to launch in October. The pilot program will initially pay 10 at-risk for violence participants $300 a month to act as public safety ambassadors. If they meet certain milestones, they'll be eligible for as much as $500 a month. Cheryl Davis is the executive director of the San Francisco Human Rights Commission. They are expected to um, do some conversations around public safety, to do some goal setting for themselves, to also think about how they can influence and impact their communities to be better. Davis. Are you catching that? If you shoot people, I just, I just want to give this to you so you can see where we're going with this. If you shoot people, you can get paid up to $500 a month to not shoot people. I want you to catch that criteria. You first have to be established as a shooter of people. They call it a high risk person. If you are people who are individuals who are at high risk of being, uh, sh being a shooter, If you're at high risk of being a shooter, we'll pay you $500 a month in San Francisco, they say, to not shoot people. And this in their liberally demented, warped mind is an incentive to not shoot people. How do you get qualified to make $500 a month? for doing nothing. You first have to be a shooter of people. This is actually going to incentivize people to shoot people. Do you realize this is going to be in San Francisco, now a shooter competition. You will have people competing to being the highest risk shooter in San Francisco so that they will be qualified to be paid to not shoot people. This is not an incentive to not shoot people. This is an incentive to be the biggest shooter in San Francisco out there. But when you are in a brainwashed, mentally deranged mindset, you think that paying people $500 a month to not shoot people will stop people from not shooting people. See, this is what you get when you stop teaching critical thinking and logic, right? Now, I don't know about this woman because there's two sides to this coin, right? Because you realize that there are people who want violence. There are people who want chaos. Look at those who operate within the Black Lives Matter agenda, not those who believe the slogan but those who are actually in the operation within the organization Black Lives Matter, they want violence, they want chaos, they profit off chaos. The media profits off chaos. Uh, Antifa profits off chaos. They want violence. So maybe there's somebody out there thinking just like Chris Ann is thinking, hey, if we, incent if we pay people to not be shooters and to qualify, they have to be the worst shooter around, then, um, we can actually get more violence that way because that's human nature. That's just simple common sense. Or is she one of these people who are so brainwashed and so completely 
absent critical thinking and logic that she actually thinks this program is going to work. I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know the answer to that question, but there's only two outcome. There's only two reasons why you would, you would join in on a program like this. You're actually complicit or ignorant because it's common sense people. I'm just looking at it. It's just, just common sense. I don't, I don't even, whatever. I don't get it. How can you not see that? If you're the worst shooter in San Francisco, we're going to pay you $500 a month to not shoot people. Right? Okay. Now what's on, right? We're going to have a worst shooter competition in San Francisco so they can sit around and get $500 a month to not shoot people. Where in the world have we gone? Hey, that's what Samuel Adams said. When the people become universally ignorant and debauched in their manners. Right? So you're either universally ignorant and you don't realize what a dumb idea this is. Or you're so debauched in your manners that you want the chaos that will ensue. You want the violence that will ensue, the competition for $500 a month. It's like a prize, be a sporting event. It's awful. It's depraved. It's wicked. But it's what happens when depraved, wicked people are incentivized to be depraved and wicked, right? You have to be depraved and wicked to go around shooting people. And now the people, now the government or this organization is gonna, gonna go around making uh, it, a, it a sport. We're gonna pair them with life coaches. <laughs> so they can get paid to not shoot people after they've won the shooters competition. I don't know people, I just don't know. I wanna share with you some information that I hope will save a life. And this is a Liberty First legal moment, which is uh, Liberty First legal, which is our, our um, Nonprofit helps program, civil rights helps program right here, Liberty First Legal. You can get Liberty First Legal at libertyfirst.legal. No.com, no.org, just libertyfirst.legal right there. And I want to share some information with you. Now, we have a friend who has her own show. I do her show every Thursday. So I'll be doing her show today at five named Kate Daly. And Kate Daly, uh, recently her husband, uh, came down with vid and was put in ICU. And Kate Daly has done a video on her rumble page. I wonder if I can find it really quickly, just so you can see it. So Kate Daly did a wonderful video on her Rumble page. There we go. All right. Um, let's see. All right, here it is right here. This video right here. So it's Kate Daly. 
K-A-T-E-D-A-L-L-E-Y, Kate Daly. And it's this video right here from August 7th, our firsthand ICU story, what is actually killing people in the hospital. Now, obviously, they're not going to allow anyone else watch. No, YouTube is not going to post this. Twitter is not going to post this. So this is on Rumble. Okay. It's got 1.5 million views because this video will save your life. So on a, a few minutes, I'm going to give you the Liberty First legal moment that can be paired with this video. So before you have someone going into the hospital, you need to see this video. And I'm going to go ahead and I will put it in the show notes so you can have it. So before, which means before someone even gets the vid that you know, watch this video, but also you need to take in mind our Liberty First legal moment that I'm about to give you, okay? Libertyfirst.legal. If you are in a situation where someone you love or know has to go in the hospital, the first thing you must do, I guess this is what you do before this happens, but the first thing you must do is ensure that you have a primary care provider who is willing to provide the medical treatment necessary to relieve the symptoms of the vid, regardless of whether they are endorsed by NIH NIH or CDC, okay? Vitamin D, vitamin C, and the others. So you need a primary care physician who listens to the science and not the scientists. Number two, if they are in going into the hospital, the first thing you must do when you're going into that hospital is demand a copy of the patient bill of rights. I'm telling you, it sounds ridiculous, but it is one of the most important things you will do to ensure the health and safety of your friend, your loved one. Now I have pulled up here for you a copy of the South Texas health system patient bill of rights. So you can see what I'm talking about. When you show up at a hospital and demand a copy of the patient bill of rights, you are doing more than getting a document. You are putting the hospital staff on notice that you plan to hold them accountable and hold them to the operation of your healthcare under your rights. You must remember this patient bill of rights. Okay. Patient bill of rights. Now watch this because this is so important. Why is the patient bill of rights so important? Because a patient, every hospital has a patient bill of rights, by the way, they're required to have one. And they all say just about the same thing, maybe worded in a different way, but they all say just about the same thing. Your right as a patient, you have a right to one, receive complete and current information concerning your diagnosis, treatment, and prognosis in terms you can be reasonably expected to understand. You have a right to request a second opinion from another physician. 
Let's just be very clear. That's why I said you need a primary care physician on call. If they start telling you that after you watch Kate's video, you're going to know why I'm telling you this. If they start telling you that you have to engage in all this extreme invasive treatment, you must know that you have a right to a second opinion before that happens. And you have a right to get your primary care doctor involved and the hospital cannot deny you. Period. Because without the asserting of this right, without you showing them that you know about your rights through your patient bill of rights, they will ignore you, they will deny you, and they will say, oh, well, that doctor's not in my system. I don't care if that doctor's in your system. I have a right. And your patient bill of rights says so. You have a right to participate actively in determining a course of treatment for yourself. You do not have to do what they tell you to do. They have to do what you tell them to do. You have a right to determine the course of medical treatment for yourself. Did you catch that? You have a right to determine the course of medical treatment for yourself. And if you are a pregnant woman for your fetus, it is the policy of this hospital that your doctor must consider your health and the health of your fetus in assessing the range of medical reasonable treatments options. Our physicians are committed to providing you with information to help you evaluate the risks and benefits to both you and your fetus of any recommended treatment or course of care, right? They must consider your health, but you have a right to determine the course of action. If they don't want to do the course of action, you invoke number two, your right to have a second opinion. You have number five, the right to receive information that you need to give informed consent for any proposed procedure or treatment, including information related to the risks, benefits, and alternatives to the proposed procedure or treatment. Risks, benefits, alternatives are your rights. You have the right to receive considerate and respectful care. If you start talking about vitamin C intravenously, vitamin D, if you start talking about the alternatives that science supports in this and your doctor cusses you out or gets nasty or gets ugly at you, he is violating your patient bill of rights. You got to know these things. You have the right, look at this number eight, you have the right to take, you have the right to refuse to take part in research. You have the right to refuse any emergency use authorized drug. You have the right to know the names of the physicians, nurses, and staff members for your care. You have the right to have privacy while in the hospital and confidentiality of all information and records regarding your care. All information and records. You have to absolutely exercise your rights. You have the right to receive equal treatment at all times and under all circumstances, regardless of your race, color, religion, guys. If you have a religious objection, you have a right to be treated equally in respect to your religious objections. This combined with Kate's video 
I guarantee will save lives. By the end of this week, I'm going to have what I just told you typed up in a post that I will put on chrisannhall.com with the help of Liberty First Legal, along with a link to Kate Daly's video, because I want to help save lives. And that's what we should all be doing, saving lives. Patient Bill of Rights. You know, one of the problems that we have in America today is this lack of understanding of the difference between a right and a benefit. We have this story here. There's an inmate who's convicted of murder who is a woman who wants to be a man and This person is suing the correctional department, the Virginia Department of Corrections, over denying her request to remove her breasts because she wants to be a man. And I wanted to show you this down here at the bottom. This person, uh, Lisa Yoakum, who wants to be known as Jason Yoakum says she is suing the court, hoping the judge will order the surgery, arguing the prison officials are violating his, her constitutional rights by denying medical treatment. See, this is, this is really a problem because you have what looks like every day a, a more and more, how do, how do we do this? Gravitating more and more to the Human Rights Declaration of Rights, the United Nations Human Rights Declaration of Rights, rather than our Constitution and our Bill of Rights. Why? Because the UN Human Rights Document doesn't understand the difference between rights and benefits. See, a right is something that you're born with, that you don't take from someone else to have. I don't have to take life from someone else without to to live. I don't have to take liberty from someone else to have liberty. And if I'm operating under proper principles, right? The right to own property is not the right to take property from someone else against their will, but the right to possess it, own it lawfully. But you see, when you start conflating the, the, the rights and benefits thing, then, then you get a situation where theft becomes legal. You legalize plunder. You see, a right to health care means that you have to take from someone else to give to you what you desire. That is not a right, that's a benefit. The Department of Corrections would be providing this What are those things called? I just lost it in my brain. 
the surgery that's not necessary. You guys will come up with it. I know you will. But the the non-essential surgery of breast augmentation or, or, or mastectomy. Yeah, the mastectomy, because the augmentation is bigger, right? <laughs> mastectomy. The voluntary non-essential surgery at this point of mastectomy. Elective surgery. That's what it is. I knew it would come up. The elective surgery, meaning it's not essential. The elective surgery of mastectomy in this case. Requires this person to make taxpayers pay for that. Take money from the taxpayers to pay for that. Now, when taxpayers put into a fund of government taxpayer funds to provide certain services, that is a benefit, not a right, because you have to take from those taxpayers without their consent to perform something. It's a benefit of citizenship. It's not a right. It's only a right when you don't take from something, someone else, in order to make it happen. This mastectomy, you must take from the taxpayers to fulfill it. Therefore, it is a benefit. You do not have a constitutional right to a benefit. So this is where we get all messed up. This whole constitutional right versus benefit. And it's a very simple, I'm probably making this more complex than I need to, but it is very, very simple. It is either yours by the nature of your creation automatically, inherently as a right, or it's a benefit because someone else has to do something for you to have it. especially if you have to take it from them without their explicit consent. It is not a right. It is a benefit. And if you're taking it by force without their consent, it is theft, just to be clear. I should give it three categories, right? <laughs> right, benefit, theft. So no, if you are a woman who wants to be a man, in a prison system, you don't have a right to medical, elective medical surgery, period. It's not a right. It may be a benefit, but it is not a right. And oh, what I wouldn't give to hear a judge actually write that down like that. It actually brings up the final story for today about the Texas abortion heartbeat law. We'll call it the Texas, they call it, the, the media, of course, calls it the Texas abortion ban. But it's actually called in its legality a heartbeat law, which says that you cannot terminate the life of an infant in the womb once the heartbeat has begun. Heartbeat, meaning we're going to recognize the existence of a heartbeat as indication of life. 
And since life has begun, it will be illegal to abort that life after it's begun. I always find that very interesting, the whole you know, choice of words, abortion. They claim it has nothing to do with life. You're not ending life. Yes, you are. The term abort means that you are stopping something that has already started, right? Abort, abort, abort the mission, abort the mission. You're aborting the mission that has already started. You're aborting the life that has already started. If it would not, if, if, if it were not aborting a life that has already started, it wouldn't be abortion. You can't abort something that hasn't started. So I always thought that very interesting choice of words there, abortion. But anyway, Texas law says you cannot stop a life once the heartbeat has started. Now, the interesting thing about this is it always invokes this Roe v. Wade discussion. By the way, I wanted to show you this picture to show you the power the patriots have. Look at that sign. We have such a powerful message. We are changing culture to such a powerful level. Even the liberal left is trying to steal the power we have with the use of our symbols and words. Right? That should be encouraging out there. Proof that we are being heard. So I wanted to switch over now to the president's statement. September 1. Today, Texas law SB 8 went into effect. This is Joe Biden, who, by the way, says he is a Christian. This extreme Texas law blatantly violates, now catch these words, the constitutional right established under Roe v. Wade. No, Joe. No, 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 Joe. Okay? No, 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 Joe. Joe, if you're going to be the president of the United States, you probably ought to actually read the Constitution. You see, there is no constitutional, there, there is no constitutional authority delegated to the courts to amend the Constitution. First off, you can search the Constitution all and the Bill of Rights all day and twice on Sunday. You will never find it enumerated as a right to abort life. Nope. The Declaration of Independence says we have a right to life. And by the way, the Bill of Rights is established and governments are established, as the Declaration of Independence says, to secure our rights. And there are no greater, there is no greater need to support the right of individuals than those of individuals who do not have the ability or the power to secure their own rights. See, I have the ability and the power to secure my own rights. I don't need the government's help to secure my rights. 
But the government is established to secure the rights of those individuals who cannot secure their own rights. There is no more vulnerable population than an infant or the unborn, which would invoke to a greater degree a responsibility of the government to secure the right to life. Notice in the Declaration of Independence, the right to life is the first mention. The right to life. And that to secure these rights, the right to life, governments are instituted. Texas says life begins with a heartbeat. That means it's our obligation above and beyond everything else to secure that right for the most vulnerable who have no power or ability to secure that right for themselves. We, the government, were created to step up to secure the rights of the weak, the infirm, and the unable. So, Joe, there is a right to life. There is no right to abort life. None. And the Constitution cannot be amended by Supreme Court opinion. Therefore, it's not a constitutionally established right. Because the only way you can amend the Constitution is through Article 5. Which, by the way, has absolutely nothing to do with the Supreme Court of the United States. Nothing at all. I just want you guys to understand how simple these things are. This is not complex. The only reason people think it's complex is because we have a bunch of lawyers, a bunch of judges, a bunch of pundits, and a bunch of politicians and professors running around teaching things that are not true to make the truth look complicated. The truth is not complicated. The Constitution is not complicated. Your rights are not complicated. The role of government is not complicated. When you start screwing it up and sowing lies and inventing things, that's when things get complicated. They become confused. People confuse lies with truth. If you stick with the truth, it's just not complicated. It's not. Not complicated at all. So please, please, please understand. Roe v. Wade did not establish a constitutional right because the courts can't amend the Constitution. Roe v. Wade is a Supreme Court opinion that is binding only on Roe and Wade. The only reason that it acts as a law, because the courts can't make law. Lawmaking is reserved to the legislative branch alone. For the courts to write law is a violation of separation of powers, and our founders called that the most, the most violent attack on government and liberty, is a violation of separation of powers. And the only reason Roe v. Wade has become a force to be reckoned with in, the Uni in these United States is because we've been teaching the wrong things for a very long time. And we've got a bunch of attorneys general, a bunch of governors, a bunch of legal counsel running around ta ta uh, toting their judicial supremacy, the power they want to feel in themselves, the self-elevated importance of the judiciary, which was created to be the least power 
powerful branch in government. We have error sown into our truth, which makes people run around pretending that a Supreme Court case actually binds and controls them. Does not. Does not. I'm glad to see Texas doing this because they have the right to do it and they have the duty to do it. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's show. It's been a true blessing to be with you today for your constitutional education. Don't forget to enroll in Liberty First Legal. I'm sorry, libertyfirstsociety.com. Remember the testimonial that we saw today from Randy Ziegler. The best decision I've made was signing up at Liberty First Society. I got too many Liberty First organizations going on here. <laughs> Liberty First Society, the best decision you will make is to sign up at libertyfirstsociety.com. Test it out. Test it out for a month. And I guarantee you, you'll stay until you complete your education. Don't forget to watch our movie, noncompliantmovie.com. And I'm so happy that you joined me here today. This has been a great and phenomenal show. Thank you so much for being with me. God bless, and I will see you tomorrow. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain alienable rights. We have a power. And we've raised a spoiled brat representative government that needs to be taken to the woodshed. Are you satisfied with the government that owns you? There are churches who refuse to allow us to use their facilities to teach. Unspoken or even sometimes spoken rule that religion and politics don't mix. You wouldn't dare speak out against the government or somehow resist. Christians have to be involved in politics. God commands it. Every turn of event through history hinged one person will stand up upon a single person and then everybody else will stand a gym member surrounded by a crowd of supporters was placed in handcuffs a tampa bay pastor has been arrested sentenced to a week in she jail she also and tore up a cease and desist letter we have a posterity waiting for us to say we will not comply so you will be free We have a chance to fight without bloodshed. But every time we comply, we establish a future where our children will not have that option. Why do we sit down when all should be standing?